0: Hello and welcome into another episode of Popcorn for Breakfast. We have a packed show for you today. We are doing our review of Marriage Story. We are going to do schoolyard pick of Star Wars movies ahead of our big premiere on Thursday. And our game master, Kirk, has a new game for us called Without Prompt. Let's do it. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Popcorn for Breakfast with my co-host, Kirk. Hello, hello. I am your other co-host, Cam. I said my co-host this time instead of your co-host. You're mine.
1: (laughs) I belong to you. Yeah,
0: apparently. (laughs) Um, On a snowy, snowy Wednesday. See, that's confusing because today's Tuesday, but when the episode airs, it'll be Wednesday. Will it be snowy tomorrow? Well, I'm in Middle America. It will some version of snow will still be on the ground. I think. I think unless if,
1: something crazy happens. What if like the temperature spikes to seventy degrees yeah, overnight? I mean, then we're dead.
0: <laughs> we're all dead. I don't know. Global warming. Um. So then. Th- so we've got that. We've got snow. I have a cold. Yeah. So I apologize in advance. Um. For any sniffling, mouth breathing if you hate listening to people who are congested, sorry, I apologize for that. <laughs> I couldn't help it. I wanted to be here with all of you, you know? And here's what I will say. I got this cold on Sunday night. Okay. Started to feel it. I was like, here comes. I know I'm going to get sick. I told my wife, I'm going to be sick. She was like, whatever. Cause I say, I'm going to be sick a thousand times a day. You know, like, Oh, I'm, I think I have a stomach flu. <laughs> this, this is, this is, this is what my wife has to deal with. She really is a saint. She's like, no, you're not sick. And then, Every one out of every billion times I actually am. And I'm like, see, I told you I'm sick. I have a cold. Anyway, so yesterday, Monday, was horrible. Yep. I was sick as a dog. But then I went to sleep at 8 p.m. last night. Wow. And I woke up at 8 a.m. And my symptoms are like way, 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 way better. Whoa. So as it turns out, if you sleep... Um, Your immune system can actually do its job, which is, which is like a tried and true thing, but I never actually slow down to let my body heal. And this time I did. 10 out of 10, highly
1: recommend. (laughs) Two things on that. So first is like whenever our kids are sick, we always tell like Asher, like you need to go to sleep right? so that you're, you're, there's like these healthy ninjas that fight off the infection, like a, like a magic school bus episode inside him that are taking care of him. Right. And two, Aubrey has been on the exact, Aubrey, my wife, your sister has been on the exact sickness train as you have. She was very sick on Monday. Uh-huh. She felt it coming on on Sunday. Yeah. Today, she didn't get 12 hours of sleep, I'll tell you that. But she felt better today. So maybe
0: I went to sleep for no reason early last night. <laughs> uh, I don't regret it because it was magical. I bet it was. It was. It was great. I was able, I put put the kiddo to sleep. I was like, Jackie, I'm shut it down, going to sleep. <laughs> she was like, great. And uh, it was great. I loved it. Wow. And, I mean, I couldn't do it again because I was hardly tired enough to go to sleep. I just had to kind of force myself to, I just lied, lay still, no TV on, no nothing in darkness. And eventually your brain's just like, well, I'm bored.
1: See you tomorrow. <laughs> and that's what happened. So, man, I've, I've never, I so maybe it's just time. a,
0: maybe it's just a week cold. Maybe it's just a, uh, just passing through, you know, yeah, just a quick bug, which is fine with me too. I don't care. Cause usually what happens, well, this is before, remember I had that sinus surgery Oof. My cycle, every time, I would get a cold once a year. That cold would last a week, and then it would turn into a sinus infection, which mm-hmm. would last for eternity. Mm-hmm. Now, my nose does its job and drains things <laughs> as Appropriately. needed. And I don't get sinus infections anymore. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty great. It's a new world.
1: It is. It but is. I bet there because you've lived with that for so long. You're just like, well, here comes the infection, and then yeah, it's it like just
0: a- I'm like in for the long haul every time. Every time I, that's why I'm terrified of getting a cold because I know that it's terrible. Yes, but no, I'm already I'm I'm on the healing trail, man. I'll be good to go. Well, you don't sound sick, so there's that. That's good that's good i feel i feel okay i feel rejuvenated that was me sniffing by the way yeah thanks I'm, I'm don't try sick. to. yeah don't try to put this on me kirk I'm we've got a, making like gurgly sounds like well i told Jet yeah please you. don't do that <laughs> <laughs> i bet everybody just shut this off when they heard that horrible sound for 30 seconds <laughs> how long is it gonna do it for eternity but no um we have a big event on thursday we do so i tell yeah are you gonna be there what's happening oh we were gonna go see star wars we bought a whole theater and is, everything is that this week yeah that's that's uh thursday oh crap yeah so you might want to clear your schedule Whew. otherwise free seat <laughs> free i mean your whole family is going to be there so i'll try to make it you yeah know. no it'll be it'll be a good time we're stoked i mean jazzed for thursday um and you'll want to stick around at the end of this episode because we've got star wars trivia going on on thursday before the show and at the end of this episode, I'm going to give you all the details on Thursday, you know, when, what time you need to show up, what's all going to be going on, but I'm also going to drop a little Star Wars trivia question at the end, and there will be a prize associated with that question. So it's going to be very exciting. You'll want to, you'll definitely want to stick around for that one. Yes. Um, but let's, uh, let's jump into this. You know, we got a lot to cover. Mm-hmm. We got a big episode, big, big, big movie. Big movie. Marriage story. It's on Netflix. Hopefully you took our advice last week and check this one out. So you can kind of listen along and say, eh, I agree with that. I don't agree with that. Um, cause that's what makes it really fun. Mm-hmm. Actually, some of my favorite discussions that I have with people about our podcast is when people disagree with us. It's my faith because I am one of these people. I am like the ultimate devil's advocate, which again, my wife is a saint. I don't know how she deals with me, but like anything she gives me, I give her the counter argument to mm-hmm. it. So I love to debate. I love, I love it, it and, I, and that's why I get so mad about like what's going on in social media these days, where like everybody hates to. I don't know. They just like get they shut down the other side. Yes. Instead of just like engaging in lively debate, because that's a really good time.
1: Yeah, and ultimately those always end in name calling, like just really childish games. After, right. Or, after like three tweets, it's like, well, oh, yeah, well, you're, you're – mom, and it's like a your mama joke. That's it. Yeah,
0: and I mean the reality is like
1: you're not going to change somebody's opinion. No, we're, we're that's, all stubborn.
0: Yeah. But, but what you can do and what you can do and still have fun and be respectful is like, have a good lively discussion about, about something that you feel passionately about, or maybe even don't. Mm-hmm. I like to talk about things that I don't care that much about and still <laughs> argue it because I'm a weirdo. Um, But yeah, I mean, a lot of... So we'll jump into what's popping because it kind of segues into what I'm talking
1: about. Yeah, there you go. By the way, I've got this like horrible canker sore and that really hurt while I was making those popping sounds. Well, that's
0: why you're one of the best in the biz, Kirk. That's That's why we pay you the
1: big bucks. It's because you persevere. I do. You play through the pain. I had to say it because it wasn't my best pop, and I just want to say that I was um, fighting back tears. You're fighting back
0: through the... <laughs> You're, like, crying over there because your, is-
1: your mouth is cut open One on the edge. One single tear <laughs> drops. Yeah, it's
0: like Michael Jordan. You know, Michael Jordan played in the playoffs with the flu. You know, he had, like, a 102 yeah. fever. Yeah, it's
1: you. Impressive. It's basically you just now. So yeah. Good except job. it's a canker sore. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> it's not the flu, and it's not an NBA playoff game, but... The stakes are still high. The stakes are still very high. Well done. Um, So yeah, on the theme of like internet trolls debating things, the internet caught on fire last week because Star Wars is doing press tour. You know, they're doing, they're doing all their stops at all the big events. They're getting quotes. They're doing the whole thing. Mm -hmm. During these press tours without fail, you always get weird quotes. we talked about, um, motherless Brooklyn, That one time whenever um, Ed Norton was like, that song changed the direction of the film. You know, you hear weird (laughs) sound bites like that, that you're like, is that a real thing? Are you sure? (laughs) When really it's just like that they've been on the road for like six months and they want to die. And so they don't even know, they've been asked the same questions so many times, they don't even know what they're saying anymore. They're delirious. (laughs) Uh, Nevertheless, they're doing press for Rise of Skywalker, the whole gang's out there, Oscar Isaac daisy ridley john boyega um jj they're all talking adam driver and the last jedi is coming up right because the last jedi is a very controversial film we haven't really like taken a deep dive into that on this podcast but i think it's well known that it's a pretty controversial film right Mm -hmm. so they're out getting quotes and a theme emerges where even the cast and jj are saying some offhand things about the last jedi let me let me read you some of these um actually i won't read them because they're very long but i'll paraphrase thanks so daisy ridley said when jj returned for rise of skywalker she felt like crying and that the cast had a collective sigh of relief knowing that he was returning Hmm. so that feels like a backhanded shot at ryan johnson right Mm -hmm. i'm not the only one who thinks that Mm -hmm. john boyega said uh that, the, riot, that uh, the Force Awakens felt like a really solid start to something, but then that... Oh, I forgot. He's British, right? Oh Yes. Nigerian-British. Yeah. So he was like, if I'm honest, you know, <laughs> he was like, if I'm honest, last yet I felt a bit iffy to me, you know, and he, he went on to say that... It's a beautiful accent. So thank you. Some of the character choices and plot choices and things were questioned among the cast, which I think we knew a little bit of that because Mark Hamill talked about some of that and you know the, you we, you heard things about that during the during after the last movie came out
2: mm-hmm.
0: um and then jj you know you expect jj a man of the business to be like ryan johnson made a great movie that's the end of the story but even he was being i mean and i don't have a lot of problems with what he said but basically he was like i think people didn't like that movie because they don't they weren't ready to be told that what they care about in star wars doesn't matter and that the last Jedi is very meta and it got a little too real with like Luke throwing the lightsaber over his shoulder and like mm-hmm. Snoke, Snoke never being explained before he dies and like Ray's parents thing not being explained. Like it got a little too real for people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to dive into the last Jedi thing. Yeah. Because this is, I want to get your take because this is one of those things where it's, if you go on Rotten Tomatoes, you know, there's like high critic score, low fan score. And I want to talk about like why that is. And and I want to get your thoughts on per, like why you think that might be.
1: So the people have always kind of hated on this movie from, from out the, yeah. the get go from the gate. Right. Yeah. I think they kind of wanted a movie to hate in this trilogy because they hated parts of the prequels. Right. You know, Phantom is that in the prequels, and they're just latching onto this one. Um, it was interesting how, what you said about the, the things that you think matter don't, um, and it was like, specifically with Snoke, because he was a big deal in Force he Awakens. He was, and everybody, who's Snoke? Who's Snoke? Who and is And then he? just gets offed in Last Jedi yeah. without really any effort, but then- there's been a lot of that in all the Star Wars movies. I think so, too. Sometimes you get, like, this 12-minute trail of uh, screen time, which is a lot of time, uh, of a character, and then you're like, whoa, what's going to happen? Boom, dead, gone. They, or they just run away, and yeah. we never see them again. Uh, one of my all-time least favorite people is General Grievous in <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Revenge of the Sith. I hate that character. Yeah. And it gets this big, big blown-up um, scene fight with Ewan McGregor on that, on that creature flying through whatever. Yeah, yeah. And dead, gone, never spoken of again. Right. It's a very similar situation. So I don't know. Darth Maul know, too, right? And Darth Maul. Yeah. I don't know how you can say that's not that's not Star Wars or um, how you can latch onto that and pick at that well, when that's that, a theme throughout the entire series. Well, and that's the thing, is like it the argument isn't that's
0: not Star Wars. Like what they're saying is like that's part of it, but they go farther. You know, like a lot of really? people a lot of people go farther, they say, This ruins Star Wars, you know? <laughs> to which I would say Okay, so Phantom Menace didn't ruin Star Wars. I think we all collectively agree that's a horrible movie. Yes. Like Attack of the Clones didn't ruin Star Wars. I, I think it's a little strong. And I don't get it. I, I do understand parts of why people don't like this movie. It's something that you mentioned when you talk. Like when we talk about what they think matters doesn't. Mm-hmm. I think that when Ryan Johnson got this movie, he's thinking, okay, this is episode eight of nine. And here's where we're at. We still don't know what Ray's deal is. We still haven't seen Luke, really, except for the end of uh, Force Awakens. Mm -hmm. We've got still to make progress on the whole bringing balance to the Force prophecy. We've got to resolve the Kylo Ren thing with his whole backstory and where he stands. We've got a lot of ground to cover. Yes. And so I think what he's seeing is, like, there are things that like people are forgetting I mean, amongst all the star Wars stuff and the prequels kind of lost their way in a bit too. And he's saying, let's bring it down to basics. Mm-hmm. So like everything you care about, the Jedi order, the race parents, Emperor Snoke, none of that matters. Mm-hmm. What matters is that we've got light side, dark side battling. And we know that at some point there has to be a balance restored to the force that hasn't been, completed yet that's the prophecy that has to be fulfilled that has not been yet Mm -hmm. and so i think the story that he tries to sell or tell is well tell and sell i guess but is (laughs) that in order whenever you try to defeat something evil you often become evil yourself it's like the harvey dent quote again like you either die here or live long enough to see yourself become the villain Mm -hmm. and so we get a little bit of, you know, Poe's big scene at the beginning of the Last Jedi, which I absolutely love, where they're doing the bomber runs on the uh, uh, Dreadnought. It's brilliant. It's awesome. But it's also like tons of people died doing yes. that, like resistance people died.
1: <laughs> they, and, they get off like every second of that scene. Yeah, you're right. Right.
0: And and planets get destroyed and, and things are happening. And so I think Ryan Johnson took a, a big step back with this movie and said, look, man, the resistance is not a means to an end. Like the resistance is just as bad as the empire or whatever it's called now, the first order. Mm -hmm. And that is a message that's tough for people to swallow because they like that there's a good side and a bad side, but it wouldn't be star Wars if there wasn't some blurred lines. I mean, Darth Vader is like the perfect example. Darth Vader came back to the light, you know, because he knew like there, there had to be some middle ground and, uh, so I think that's the story he told, and I think that people get mad about it because it was it was exactly what JJ Abrams said like this was not something they wanted to see but until somebody can come at me with this movie and give me a good argument for why it's bad, I'm gonna continue to say it's good mm-hmm. and this is not my favorite Star Wars movie by any means and i don't I don't think it's yours is it correct? I don't think I've spoken to somebody who has this movie as their favorite Star Wars movie because it is a bit of an uncomfortable watch because it's shifting the game in a pretty substantial way. Mm -hmm. But here are the arguments I hear on a regular basis. I argue with people on Twitter. I was just doing this the other day, arguing (laughs) with somebody on Twitter about this movie. (laughs) Yeah. Here are the arguments I get. They ruined Luke. Okay. Well, they didn't ruin Luke and here's why. So the people, the problem that people have with Luke is that he's like all grumpy and like anti Jedi, anti force, anti all this stuff. Well, you have to realize where Luke is in his life. He went out to this island to, like, teach, to build the new Jedi Order, where, like, it started, and train up all these people. And he failed Mm -hmm. miserably, right? Like, his star apprentice, he turned on him because he could see darkness in him, and kind of, like, started this whole debacle. Yes. And so he hates himself, you know? Have you ever been around somebody who hates themselves? (laughs) They act like that. They act like they don't care. They act like everything sucks. And so this movie was bringing Luke back from that. That's so that's one another one. People hate that Luke did the force hologram, which I'm like one of the big arguments about the first few movies was that they didn't go like they weren't getting new force skills or they weren't getting new technology or anything else. This is a new skill. Why is that more ridiculous than anything else that happens in the movies?
1: And if he's the last Jedi and he's been chilling on this island and he's the the master Jedi, at top of the top. Yeah, of the, the best one here, we've right? ever seen. Why can't he do this cool thing where he just imitates himself, so just pushes his yeah, image well, over? Yeah, why Ray? is
0: that more? Why is that more ridiculous than a Force spirit? Yeah. Why th- is that more ridiculous than the lightsaber talking to Ray and it's, telling, like, calling to her?
1: It's not. It, it's not a gimmick either. I think I've heard that too. They're like, oh, come on. Um, but there's no way that anyone would have been happy if he was actually standing there when he got plummeted, plumbled, whatever with all of those lasers and blasters and then just says, okay, let's go. You know, like, it, it had to be something like that and I thought it was well executed.
0: Yeah, so that's another one. The Holdo maneuver, which of course has been Laura Dern's Admiral Holdo, takes her ship and hyperspaces into those sith ships and destroys all of them yeah man i hear that one a lot that it breaks star wars because well you know (laughs) hyperspace actually takes place in a different dimension and therefore cannot interact with items of the physical like stop okay stop (laughs) we are literally so first of all there are many articles that talk about how this could be possible even with the theoretical gobbledygook yes but also we're arguing, are we seriously arguing about what is at best theoretical and at worst fake science? Like, is that really what we're arguing about? That's what it's we're science at. fiction, dude. Like, come on. So that one's dumb. Um, the group being apart the whole time, people argue about that.
1: Blame J.J. J. Abrams,
0: who sent Ray off to an island at the end of the seventh movie. That's not Ryan Johnson's fault.
1: Oh, they're being apart? Oh, what happened when Luke uh, was training with Yoda? Yeah, was he, he with- was gone. What, that's everyone's beloved favorite film empire like, right
0: it's the same it's the same setup guys and they're not together. it's literally the same thing <laughs> yes um so that um the original cast never reunited blame jj again for killing han solo in episode seven I'm, so what i'm saying is there's i have yet to be presented with a good argument yeah. if somebody came to me and said i didn't like the writing i didn't like the acting i thought the production looked like crap fair Mm -hmm. I mean I don't like I don't like certain things about this movie. I don't like when they're on Canto Bite. But like the whole this is the worst Star Wars movie ever thing, the like if you go on any Star Wars post, seriously, any post on the Star Wars Facebook or Twitter, well only Facebook because they have the laughing emojis, Mm -hmm. you see a thousand laughing emojis and angry faces (laughs) from people who are so like ticked off about this movie and I just like flatly do not get it,
1: which is, I have a very similar feeling to you on this movie. And again, it's not our favorite one of the entire series. However, it's, it's pretty ridiculous about people hating on it so much where they don't have the argument. So yeah, it's not our favorite. We're going off on, on, on those people because they have no ground to stand on.
0: Right. I just, I want a legit argument. That's yeah. all I want. And, and I think that it's frankly, like, I think it was pretty gutless for John Boyega Daisy Ridley, whoever else, made comments about this movie. I think that that was cowardly. Mm-hmm. I think that they're giving in to the trolls. The same trolls, by the way, who basically ruined Kelly Marie Tran's life by hitting her with a bunch of racist comments, and talking mm-hmm. about telling her to kill herself on Facebook and stuff. Like not to get real, but like, yeah. why why are we giving in to the whims of the masses when they're doing stuff like that? Correct. That's not cool. that's like, not okay. She's just an actress. Let her do her job and add her
1: part to the story. And
0: And when they did the same thing to Jar Jar Binks, man, which like they did. Yeah. yeah, Everybody hated Jar Jar Binks, but you're seriously going to like give death threats to an actor. Right. (laughs) Come on. So it's, it's that thing that like Star Wars has toxic fans. We've talked about it before. Mm -hmm. And it's a, to me, it is the single dark cloud over what is really a very fun and awesome series of movies. And I'm, I'm tired of it.
1: They are the Sith.
0: They are. That's they them. are. They They were, you know, yeah, I, f- I feel like Obi-Wan Kenobi. Like, mm-hmm. you were supposed to destroy the Sith, <laughs> not join them. You know, I feel like that. It's not okay. Anyway, sorry, I got a little heated about that. Hey, it's okay. But it's just, it's It's ridiculous. And I hope I will be, let me just tell you, if J.J. retcons anything, reverses anything that Ryan Johnson did in that last movie for a reason that is fabricated or just doesn't make sense i'm gonna lose my marbles i am gonna like
1: would would we get rid of his chair here in the oh 100
0: i mean i would (sighs) man i love jj and i trust him to do a good job i really do i'm i'm very much looking forward to this movie and his like i said his comments don't bother me that much Mm -hmm. i wish he would have been more supportive of ryan under the circumstances sure but he didn't say anything wrong. He yeah. just said this was a more meta Star Wars movie and people weren't ready for that.
1: True. That's true. The only thing that I would let him retcon, and it's not really that because it's more of like a lie being unveiled, it would be that Ray's parents are just I agree. junkers. Like, In fact, I'm
0: anticipating that. Let
1: them be more important. Let them be connected to someone we've already known. Yeah.
0: I think I think that it was something that Ray had to let go of. Mm-hmm. In order to keep growing. Right. And, and I think that's why that's what... I think that's why... I think that's why Kylo gave her that information. Like, did he tell you the truth about your parents and all that was because he was still trying to get her on his side and we needed to see
1: what that character does when she's faced with that reality. Mm -hmm. And then some, at some point now that she's a baller, um, as she always has been, but when she moves those rocks, man, come on. I know. (laughs) Then, uh, here in this, this final one, hopefully we'll see the, the real, the real truth come out.
0: Yeah. I, I I hope so. That, that would be, that would be one thing that would be really cool.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, but if they
0: bring like if they like bring Luke back to life or something, I'm out. <laughs> I'm gonna be mad. Uh, so we'll see. We will see on Thursday. I'm very, Thursday. very, very excited. I am anticipating a great time. Um, all right. Next, we've got some trailer reactions. First of all, in this, I'm being a little selfish. Being a little selfish here. You're allowed to be. I want to talk about In the Heights. I want to too. Because we love In the Heights, Kirk. In We'd, the Heights. Yes. So trailer came out last week. Dude. I was not anticipating it. I didn't know that this was happening. Lin-Manuel tweeted a poster and I was like, wait, what? And the next day trailer came out.
1: <laughs> I was, it was an experience. Weren't you just like so content when you saw it all? It was,
0: hopefully this is objective and it's not just my biases. Uh-huh. I really thought the trailer was beautiful. Yeah. I really think that what they've done, what they appear to have done, um, is made a really beautiful awesome movie.
1: Yeah, the, it doesn't happen all that often where you have something that's adapted from either a play or a book and it's coming on film and then you you see the trailer or you just see the movie itself and you say, yeah. That's it. That's exactly what I imagined.
0: Yeah, so like I've listened, I know you've seen this show on stage. I have. I've yes. never seen it. I'm jelly. Big time jelly. Oh
1: man, I wish you could have.
0: Um, but I haven't. So I've only ever listened to the show and I've listened to it millions of times. By now I listen, I listened to it literally this morning. So Yeah. When I saw the trailer it looked exactly like it did in my head, which is almost never the case for movies that are adaptations of things that you've either read or just heard. And yeah, it looked exactly like I was expecting and I was just totally at peace with it.
1: Yeah, this is going to be extraordinary and we've we've I don't think we've seen Lin Manuel miranda flop at all on anything on film so far nope um and i this will absolutely not flop as well i'm, I'm convinced that it will be a, a are you another.
0: surprised that he's done so well like on the silver screen a i kind bit. of am
1: i kind of am because you know he's not i don't want to be too cruel but <clears throat> he's not this esteemed actor right but the roles that he takes on he brings such honesty uh he just brings it up and he just he kills it right and it's not that he's going to get nominated for an Academy Award or anything. At some point, I think he will. Just because he works so dang hard, you yes. can tell. You can just tell he just totally grinds. It's just his. It's who he is. And maybe that's that's what it is. You know, he's a creator, and but he injects himself into the story because he know that he knows that he wants to do it. He knows that how he wants to take it on. Um, But he's more so a creator, so I don't necessarily think we would receive an acting nomination, but director, writer, 100% uh, credit for that.
0: Yeah, dude, he's a genius. Um, John M. Chu, who's directing this film, directed Crazy Rich Asians, which is an awesome movie. One of my faves from last year. Mm -hmm. Um, Or was it this year? Is that this year? No. gosh. It's probably last year. I think it's last year. If it's this year... It's been a long <laughs> it's been a long year, <laughs> year man. I don't know, um, but that's a really fun movie. So I I just have the utmost faith that they're going to do an awesome job with this project, and I am even more confident after seeing the trailer. Mm-hmm. The music sounded awesome.
1: If you're a big fan of Hamilton out there, Anthony Ramos, uh, who was in the original Broadway cast of Hamilton, is in this. He played yeah. Philip. He and Lawrence, and he is he is in this as Usnavi. Yeah, lead of, role. Lead role. Um, there's also one of the original actresses from the broadway run of in the heights is also in this film is it
0: abuela claudia is it that is. who it is yeah that's yeah and as soon as i heard her voice in the trailer i was like that's abuela
1: that's the like, same that's person. the same person which is awesome <laughs> i'm psyched for that and i'm sure there's more those are just the, the top two that i that i saw and yeah
0: yeah so if you are a hamilton fan i know most people are is <laughs> can yes. i say that is i feel like safely mo- it's pretty much a phenomenon
1: 99% right? of people yeah are. yeah
0: check out in the heights even if you're one of these people i know um, somebody I work with is like I don't listen to the show until I've seen it. I'm like, do yourself a favor and listen to it. You have to. Yes. Um, it's it's awesome. Okay, more trailer reactions coming your way. You ready? Mm-hmm. Just one more. Top Gun Maverick.
1: Mm. Maverick.
0: We got a trailer. There's a lot. There's a lot. I mean, there's not a lot going on plot wise, but there's a lot of like high intensity battle ship flying scenes. staring yeah smoldering intensity, <laughs> smoldering intensity. <laughs> there's a, a lot of that going on so i want to get your thoughts on this
1: uh so uh, i think it looks fun which the original was just that it was fun
0: yeah it was fun i think that's why people like it right i think
1: that top gun overall is a little overrated i mean that's fair uh because it, it wasn't like groundbreaking like it's it's exciting they have these incredible um just acrobats with that they're doing with with the i almost said ships stupid i said ships i said ships just like
0: 30 seconds ago so <laughs> no, i think that's okay is okay. that allowed
1: is that is that the right term and now i can't think i don't want to say planes jets is the word jets, I'm looking for. that's the right word my, uh, well done my first grade english class
0: <laughs> is trying to come back <laughs> yeah, up I here i think now that i think about it ships is definitely not the right <laughs> word so i apologize
1: although the jets fly off of a ship they're yes. usually on like a carrier Yeah, the,
0: the aircraft carriers
1: thank you so yep. we're, we're fine you know and uh, but you know it's it was an 80s movie it was it had this really crazy romantic uh, theme song and yeah um i don't know it was it, but i think good, this good one
0: one-liners i think there were some good one-liners Great in one-liners there. plus the, the aesthetic it's attractive people Wearing you know. sunglasses, which everybody is at their most attractive when they're wearing sunglasses. Yes.
1: I wish we could always just wear. It. Like one time we recorded a podcast, <laughs> and you wore your sunglasses I did. the entire time.
0: Yeah, it's because I hate myself. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's,
1: no, you are kidding. Luke in the last. Yeah, I am. No, <laughs> not at all. Um, I mean, you got Tom Cruise, you got Val Kilmer, you have who else is in that? Uh, Anthony Edwards. Yeah, those are the R. top R. three. P.
0: Not in real life, <laughs> right? He's
1: still alive in, yeah. in this world. <laughs> but that's not—that doesn't matter. But this one, I don't know. I, I'll see this. I have no idea what's going to happen in it, but I'll see this. Yeah, I'll see
0: it too. Um, mostly because I'm dumb and I'm like, ooh, loud sounds and shiny objects. Yes, yes. please. I'll and, sign up for that. And Miles Teller. And Miles Teller, which I'm always signed up for, even if he's been—I mean, he's been in some stinkers. But I'm here for it. I'm, I will die for Miles Teller. I love. It. I love. <laughs> I love him. I don't even know why. I think. I think it's Whiplash that
1: did it. Just rooting for him. He's he just seems, seems like a good guy. He does. Um Miles Teller in this trailer, which I never thought could be possible, he from what I understand of the story, he plays Goose's son. Okay. In in Top Gun Maverick. And never outside the context of this film would I ever say, Oh yeah, they look alike, they could be family. But, but yes, the makeup the artist like bronzed his face and elongated his face. Yes. And the mustache I think is the same mustache that Anthony Edwards wore whether it was his real mustache and they peeled it off his face and put it on miles teller. I'm just speculating here, Could be, but it's so spot on. It's insane.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I agree. I'm not, I'm not one of these people who's like top gun injected into my veins. I love top gun. I'm (laughs) all for it, but I'll check it out.
1: I wonder wonder who that
0: is. No, there are people. Oh, there are huge. There are huge top gun fans out there for sure. So (laughs) those people will for sure be jazzed. I'm, I'm certain of it. Yeah. Um, I gotta say, man, I love Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. I know that he's a nut. I know that he's a total nutso.
1: I think he's recovering. A recovering. He's a nut. recovering
0: nut. I don't know, man. If once you go that far, I don't know that there's coming back, <laughs> um, unless you're
1: Britney Spears. Well, which actually she's back on the, and Britney Spears. I mean, there were lots of lots of external pressures on her. That, yeah led her to where that's true that's true
0: yeah we'll leave britney alone leave free
1: britney man hashtag
0: free (laughs) britney um i love britney spears i love tom cruise though man mission impossible that's the thing mission impossible i can't get enough Mm -hmm. and um the second one was not good it was yeah but all the rest of them and actually they're getting better like the new ones ghost protocol rogue nation and uh fallout
1: yes yes fallout Mm -hmm. dude fallout was (sighs) everyone i own every one of them yeah and i I, i'll watch those until until tom cruise dies because i will take a an ethan hunt who is 98 years old trying to solve i mean i think tom cruise is
0: probably actually 98 years old right Oh, maybe
1: he is and he's just
0: immortal maybe he is it's possible maybe he's just like deep faking himself oh my gosh it's like inception (laughs) i don't know stay tuned we'll figure that out <laughs> we'll go investigative journalism on that and be like did Tom Cruise actually die 30 years ago and what we have now is just
1: a robot on the next episode of Popcorn <laughs> for breakfast we turn actually in... so there's like all those pictures that they found those ancient pictures of people old people uh like old people <laughs> People back from like the the 13th century yeah. photo photographs or or drawn images that look like them they have one of Tom Cruise and of course they oh. have one of Nicholas Cage see that freaks me out <laughs> and you know, it's like the shining it, it is.
0: Yeah. There's more, like but that. those are the ones I remember. I don't like any of that That freaks me out <laughs> Um, so yeah, what were we talking about? Oh a top gun, top gun. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that that trailer. That's uh, that's all I have to say about that wonderful last bit of what's popping Pop it up. This one's gonna This one may shake you to the core of your being kirk. Oh my gosh <laughs> They are not to be dramatic about it, but they are rebooting home alone again and i say again because home alone 3 was a reboot yes uh because it's it's the same premise with a because that kid wasn't kevin McAllister, right no alex
1: alex link or links whatever his name was was that the name of the character no actor's name yeah what was the
0: character's name it wasn't kevin though it was not kevin no and we didn't have the wet
1: bandits no we did not okay we just had this weird, he had, I think he had chicken pox and he was home from school and his mom was a single mom, yeah, really busy, working hard, kept having to come back home because he was like freaking out. And I think it ended with like blowing the bad guys up in an igloo. Spoiler alert.
0: Wow. That's uh, a, <laughs> I, I remember. So I've seen that, too mo- I've seen that movie one time. I remember I rented it from, so Shop and Save used to have where you could rent movies there. Yes, do they do. you remember did. that? I sure and do. And they were, a, they were uh, priced differently based on the movie. Yep. which I think is the same for all rental places. But nope, just shop and safe <laughs> I know whenever I went as a kid, it was like grab a $1 movie. The mm. one, it was like green sticker, finding green sticker movie, you can rent it That's every right. time, which is great. Um, and so I did, I grabbed Home Alone one time and uh, Home Alone 3, that is. And I remember not liking it then because the first one is just, the first two are just in a league of their own. Mm-hmm. Macaulay Culkin, killing it. So Disney Plus is revamping this deal. Got a whole new cast. Ellie Kemper's in it. Love Ellie Kemper. Great. STL native. Um, So yeah, what are your thoughts? It's going to be terrible. (laughs) It's going to be
1: bad. I think we all know that, right? It's going to be bad. Just brace for it. This will be technically, um, because I did a quick Google search, or IMDb search rather, this will be technically the sixth Home Alone, because there was Home Alone 1, 2, and 3. There was a Home Alone 4 with French Stewart as the villain oh and then there was a fifth one which i believe was called home alone holiday heist which had no one of reputation maybe ed asner and someone else but how have i never heard of this how i've also was it like a sci-fi channel original movie or something <laughs> <sci-fi. don't know. laughs> like <Yeah>. sharknado <laughs> like the kevin McAllister, you know implant he is actually um has lasers and they're in space yeah. actually i'll take a home alone in space why not like a Do colonized you- moon and yeah that
0: could be cool yeah do No, you think, it would be, no, it'd be bad yeah that's a terrible idea <laughs> do you think kevin McAllister will appear in this movie uh it's I, a, it's a <laughs> I mean, Macaulay that i Kevin McAllister.
1: i think kevin will but mcculley yeah. would not uh I, it would behoove them to to get him to appear it'd be great wouldn't it even if he's just as a just cameo like a mailman
0: maybe he's like maybe he's the guy who's like jimmy stop that boy you know the shoplifter guy who <laughs> yes. chases him
1: or he's watching the news story of at the at the resolution of ultimately when the kid gets saved and he yeah. kills the bad guys. And he's sitting at home watching it on the news. He turns it off. He's like, that would never happen. Or Ooh. something like that. Judgmental of the story. Yeah,
0: I like that. I want calling Culkin in it. I'll watch it for that. He'll be there. Otherwise, I don't know that I'm going to watch it. No. Um, actually, I take that back. I watch pretty much everything that's on Disney Plus that's original. <laughs> just f- I don't know why, but I do. So there you have it. All right, that's it for what's popping. Okay, you have a game for us. I do. It's called without prompt. It is. Tell tell the people and me what this is because <laughs> I, again, I don't know. I don't know.
1: That's what I love to do. I love to make games that I don't give you all the details. It terrifies me to be honest with you. And I just spring it on you.
0: Yeah, it it does it does make me a little nervous. I'm a control freak, <laughs> um, and so I'm always like a little little nervous about it. But hey, you know. You
1: haven't failed me yet, Kirk. I hope not. This game is, uh, it's about relationships because, uh, mm. we saw a marriage story, right? Marriage story. Oh my gosh.
0: You're going to be like, you're going to be like how I am with Joker, how I always called the Joker. You're going to call this a marriage story, like a Christmas story.
1: No, uh, actually, I saw a marriage story. Uh, <laughs> oh it was a boy. Lifetime original with, uh, <laughs> you know the, the the girl rosie o'donnell or, and <laughs> you know the the bride from father the bride she's in it and <laughs> oh good yeah i i like that one. <laughs> oh gosh now they're gonna make that movie so this this game is about marriage story um you've probably seen on facebook if you've ever been on facebook you know those terrible things where people say uh, like chain chain posts but oh yeah like uh All right, I'm going to give this a try. Copy and paste. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Sure. This one in particular says, without prompting, turn to your spouse and ask them these 90 questions. And then you just scroll through mindlessly like, I don't need to know these answers, but I want to see where your relationship falls apart and mine is better than yours is what it's all about.
0: Yeah. I would, I could tell you there's a part, there's a part in this movie that's actually just like that, where she says she asked him what her cell phone number was. Mm Mm-hmm. And he didn't know it. Yes. And I was like, "Eh." I mean, I do know my wife's cell phone number. I will say that. Yes. Um, I can see how you couldn't, how you wouldn't though. Mm -hmm. I don't know everybody in my family's cell phone number. Well, I don't know
1: your cell phone number. Well, that's question number one. You've already. Oh no, (laughs) no, (laughs) it's not. But the. You know when when uh, Aubrey and I first started, you know, dating, I said, "Hey, you need to memorize my phone number." And she's like, "Why?" I was like, "Well, if you're ever in an accident or without your phone, it's a good point. Phone dies. You need to memorize my phone number." And I was someone who didn't get a phone till much later in our generation. I didn't get a phone till I was eighteen. When what? A lot of my friends got phones when they were twelve. Yeah. My parents um, decided they're like, "Well, all your friends have phones. Use one of theirs." <laughs> Which it's was a sound logic. Brilliant but move. Yeah, it is. That's clutch. Uh, so, yeah, that's not one of the questions, but I'm okay, going good. to be asking you a series of questions about me. Oh, no. That I've not prepped you on. Right. And we'll see what you answer. We will. That we will. Are you ready? I'm, I am not, but let's go. <laughs> Without prompt. What are my initials? Ooh.
0: Wait, 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 wait. I do know your middle name. Why can't I think of it?
1: I don't know. Why can't you, Cam?
0: Um, You've only known me for a decade. Maybe longer. <sighs> what is your middle name again? <laughs> it's six letters, I know, because we talked about it on the game. Right? It is,
1: yep, I had to count, but it is. D. K T D.
0: Yeah. No.
1: Oh. Were you thinking Tiberius again? No,
0: I was thinking Thomas. Thomas, no. What is it? it well, is what are your initials? I'll, I'll get it if you tell me your initials.
1: K E D. K E D. Eugene nope
0: that's six letters though (laughs) it is (laughs) (laughs) why do I not remember this did I have like bash my head
1: on something and get amnesia I mean I guess I don't walk around saying my middle name so
0: but it's weird because I just I knew this when we did the last when we did the Mm. game Edward
1: Edward that's right I knew that funny that you said Thomas because my granddad's name is Edward Thomas Doolin I knew it was a family name yeah I knew that it was like yeah it was one of those things so if my family's listening they're probably giggling they're like ah.
0: yeah yikes <laughs> yikes that's not off a strong a showing dude I'll tell start. <laughs> you I get into these I get into these games when you spring them on me and my brain shuts off it's yeah. like it's panic sheer panic number two okay
1: this one's a classic with all of these on Facebook you ready oh, boy. so I had to leave it in what is he doing right now? Oh. Me. What am I doing? Right? Uh, now? Podcasting? You got it. You got it right, Ooh. man. You're so you're so good. I don't know why that's <laughs> they always ask in there. their spouse what they're doing right now. Yeah, and they're usually like, uh, asking me the survey. <laughs> Kissy face. I mean, like, it's not wrong. Exactly. <laughs> it's such a dumb one, I had to leave it in there. Um, name something I hate. Name something you hate. Anything. Okay.
0: Um, it could be a band. It could be,
1: I guess, don't say a person because I'd feel bad.
0: Um, a movie. No, you, you hate burgers with everything on them. That is correct. Yeah. You like, you're a plain guy.
1: I'm a very picky eater.
0: Yeah. You're a plain burger guy. Yeah.
1: Touches my heart. Is that true? (laughs) That's true. Okay. That's what I do that. (laughs) That's very good. What's my favorite color, Cam? What is your favorite color? I'm gonna say blue blue is a great choice not correct it is not correct Ooh. and this is probably my fault I have three different favorite colors for different reasons (laughs) let me me break this down for you (laughs) how was I ever supposed to get this right (laughs) this is a weird thing with me here so my favorite color is red
0: oh I did know that
1: always loved red yeah wanted a red room when I was a kid My, my parents painted it I think blue I took a crayon and I started coloring it red Cause yeah. I wanted a red room right. mom. Um, but I love blue because I like the way my eyes look when I wear blue. Yeah. And I love orange because when you have a marker, orange comes out the best in my opinion when you're coloring. So oh. as neurotic as that is, red is the right answer. Red is
0: the correct answer. But gotcha. I wanted to tell
1: you all of that in case this ever comes up again and someone asks sure. you what's Kirk's favorite marker color and what does he like? What color does he like to wear the most? Yeah. Yeah. I just want to expose that yeah, that's myself. Good.
0: That's good. So the correct answer would have
1: been red, blue, orange in that <laughs>
0: way. <laughs> I'll uh, make a mental note of that for next time.
1: <laughs> Roy G. Biv answered. What could I spend all day doing? What could you spend all day doing? That's right.
0: Well, watching movies, of course. Seeing- or, or probably more accurately,
1: television. I think you're a big TV show guy. I am a big TV show guy. Yeah. Right now, I just start, restarted watching Boy Meets World. Ooh. On Disney Plus. That's a lot. And that's about 10 seasons, maybe? Is it that many? It's a lot, man. Holy crap. Uh, I have to, maybe it's eight. I have to double check, but. Um, Corey Matthews shaped my life. I yeah. love, I absolutely love Boy Boys. Oh, Meets it's World. a, I mean, that is a classic. That show is choice. It's, and for I, sure. even, and th- it has so many plot holes with how they rewrite the characters, like throughout, like at the beginning. It's like, yeah, no consistency there. Topanga is the weirdest person on earth to, oh, we were, we were boy, we were husband and wife in the sandbox. Like, we didn't, we other yeah What is life. up with that, man? They just threw it in there one, at the start of one season and it just like threw you through a frenzy <laughs> when you couldn't go back and watch these when there was no streaming. They Uh,
0: must have changed writers like every, (laughs) they must have just like (laughs) cleared house on the writing room every like five episodes. They're like, wow, this is crap. Next.
1: (laughs) Oh, that's, that's how that is. So yeah, I could absolutely watch TV all day long. What's my favorite food? Pizza. That's probably accurate. What's my favorite restaurant?
0: Oh, Red Robin.
1: No, but I do like me some Red Robin.
0: Steak and shake?
1: No, but I do like me some steak and shake. Just <laughs> name every your fast favorite food. Restaurant? And my healthy, my oh, like habits. a like a real restaurant or like a chain? No, it could be a chain. It could be a. it could be fast food. It could be it could be anything. Because there's huh. literally millions of restaurants out there. But it's one that's in Missouri that I
0: Oh, Raising canes.
1: Raisin canes, man. Yeah, but
0: that's like a recent development.
1: No, I've always I've always loved it. Um I just haven't been able to get to it, um, and so I know.
0: But like, they haven't had like standalone Raising Canes in Missouri for very long.
1: That's true. But they I, had
0: the one at the Galleria. Yes, they did. Yeah. And,
1: and it's gone now. Oh really? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I went there on an anniversary trip, me and Aubrey, and we were starving, and we went to the gallery. We're like, great, we'll shop, we'll eat Raising Canes, and it was gone. We looked for an hour because really? the signs were everywhere. It said Raising Canes, and then we couldn't find it.
0: It's downstairs. I feel like it's still there. It's gone. Interesting. How recently forever? was
1: this? Um, probably like three years ago. So it's been gone for three or more years. No,
0: I called baloney on that because mm-hmm. I just went. We just went to the Galleria, like literally not that long ago, and I ate raisin canes with Marshall.
1: I I don't believe. I'm fact checking correct. it.
0: I'm fact checking it right now. <laughs>
1: we'll update you later in this episode. But what I want to know next is, do you know? Do you know what an ideal night looks like for me? no <laughs> <laughs> can't say that i do i mean i
0: think um probably involves little caesar's pizza and binge watching something
1: is that wrong oh man no it's not it's really not i am i'm very predictable and uh i watch a lot of things i watch as many things as i possibly can um, are you like that? Is that how your nights go? Like, you, you get home, you eat, you you play with Marshall? I think
0: mean, generally, yeah, my nights are, I go home, we make dinner, yeah. whatever that looks like that evening. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Then we sit down and eat dinner, play with Marshall until Marshall goes to bed at 8, at eight, we go downstairs so that we don't make any loud noises that wake him up and mm-hmm. ruin our whole life. <laughs> uh, Every step you take ruin my yeah, life. Yeah, exactly. Literally, we have an old, old house with very, very squeaky floors. Mm-hmm. And Marshall's not—he—he he really isn't a light sleeper. I'm sure we could stay upstairs, but you just run the risk of like dropping something, yes, uh, accidentally setting off the alarm. I don't know anything. And yeah. Then, but yeah, usually we go downstairs. We we usually play video games, but um every once in a while we'll watch like a show
1: but. isn't it funny cuz like you we as humans get into these routines like okay great get home dinner bath bedtime and then it's whatever you do all the time and then it's like an event when you do something else or it causes friction like i really wanted to build these um these new storage units that will organize all of our toys um but aubrey was like i just want to watch downton abbey again can we just sit and watch this i'm like but i really want to build this she's like yeah i want that too but i more so want downton abbey
0: time so yeah so we were just talking about um so you had a surprise birthday party. We forgot to address that elephant in
1: the room that you're now 30. I guess I was trying to pretend it didn't happen. (laughs) The party was great.
0: Yeah. So you had a surprise birthday party and we were just talking about that. Jackie was like, would you want a surprise birthday party? And I said, absolutely not. (laughs) And and The reason for that is that I get an idea in my head. Well, it it depends on the kind of evening you're going to have. So I think in your instance, you already knew you were going out, right? Like you knew you were going to do something. Yes. So, If that's the case, I'll be fine. But if it's like, if I'm in my head thinking I'm going to go home and do my routine and like settle in and then i go home and there's a surprise party there for me like i'm gonna be ticked because i'm already like in the mindset for the thing for the
1: routine and then you just be miserable the yeah whole time. now i'm
0: like oh gosh there's 50 people in my house like hey surprise
1: i'm gonna play on a surprise party for you for for no reason whatsoever yeah. just it's like hey
0: it's thursday yeah maybe instead somebody can just scare the crap out of me on my 30th birthday <laughs> instead of surprising me like they actually scare me <laughs> like to the there was this show back in the day oh what was it called punked no no it wasn't it wasn't punked it was on the, do you remember when they had the uh like fear network or something like that like scare kinda, channel kind of yep. they had a show on there where they actually scared people <laughs> like it was like punked only you thought you were gonna die
1: like on true tv where they had like a fake elevator and then like a ghost pops out yeah of stuff it, or? like that yeah, so yeah. there's
0: stuff like that but there was also like like this one that i vividly remember this guy thinks he's like going with his friend to this person's house. And then his friend is like gone and he goes down into the basement and there's like a person in a cage down there. And then (laughs) they got, yeah, like really elaborate, scary stuff to where people thought they were legit going to die. Um, I can't remember what that show was called. It sounds
1: familiar. Yeah.
0: Yeah, maybe somebody could do that to me. for my I mean, I'd, I would probably die of a heart attack, but I'm just saying I would pre- almost prefer that to a surprise party, probably.
1: Jackie, if you're listening, um, we're going to get the family together and we're oh, going to make dude. this happen.
0: Dude, I mean, that show went way too far. Like sure. there were times where um, somebody would like go into a store mm-hmm. and then like somebody would walk in and like shoot the guy who was running the store and there'd be like fake blood. Oh, like it was a whole gosh. thing. And I'm like, what's going to happen is that eventually one of these people is going to be like, raring to go and they're gonna shoot a paid actor Yeah, they're gonna have <laughs> like, a
1: conceal and carry or
0: like tackle them and choke them out like something is gonna happen because when people think they're dying like it's not good
1: yeah so fight or flight man yeah
0: also Ooh. while we're like way 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 <laughs> off the rails uh raising canes definitely is still in the gallery that was a figment of your imagination
1: <laughs> okay so i was in the wrong mall so i think you were probably
0: you're probably in west
1: county that's where i was yep
0: because there's not one there that's where i was
1: just yep. if you um if you might care the slightest if you're from the st louis area <laughs> otherwise you're like that was a stupid stupid conversation yeah. about raising kids. yeah
0: all the uh all the malls are just like blurring together you have no idea so anyway that's where we're at
1: so that is without prompt cam is that it that's it
0: how'd i do terror
1: i think terribly right <laughs> i don't know i didn't keep score uh that's kind I mean, of i got the color
0: one wrong i got the restaurant one wrong i got even the initials one i got wrong yeah i did pretty bad <laughs>
1: Pretty bad. So, so we're not a good married couple. No, is what we're, we're definitely to say not. Here.
0: We're definitely not. So, our days may be numbered, Kirk. <laughs> <laughs> On this podcast, I'm just going to snap and be like, "All right, that's enough." Oh gosh. What's my favorite color, Kirk? Oh, cr- uh, oh shoot!
1: <laughs> You'll never guess. Um, um, I mean, it's macaroni and cheese. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, let's go with. <sighs> you have a menacing look right now.
0: Well, because I know you won't get it. I'm disappointed in you. I'm just kidding. I'm not disappointed in you. Is it? This is going to make me feel better about myself when you get this wrong.
1: Oh, okay. I got you. I see where you're going here. Is it um, periwinkle?
0: It's not. Close. It's purple. Straight up purple. Okay, great. Yeah,
1: so well done. Color of royalty.
0: (laughs) That's right. Color of power. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I was told. Um, I took an interviewing class in college, and uh, I wore a purple shirt to that class at one point.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: It was a button-up shirt because I was in business school and i had presentation that day or whatever it was like checker what do they call that gingham it's like that yep and uh my teacher my, in my interview class she said you should wear this to every interview because purple is a power color wow and i was like i was not aware there was such a thing as power colors but sure and i do wear purple to interviews fairly often it's more of like a superstition thing than anything else but i like that i haven't interviewed in a while but yeah
1: right there we are yeah asher my son's uh, early on his favorite color was purple
0: yeah it's good it's a good choice yeah strong choice donatello was my favorite ninja turtle yes which i think some people think is kind of like a hipster choice not everybody likes donnie people tend to gravitate gravitate towards uh mikey because he's the class clown Mm -hmm. and then leo well and probably Raph. i always like raf yeah because he's kind of the bad he's kind of like the bad kid on the block you Mm -hmm. know he's like tough guy Raph and i identify identify. with him so much because
1: i'm the bad guy (laughs) right leather jacket (laughs) you know yeah
0: Yeah, for sure (laughs) um so yeah here we are at our review of marriage story we took a very roundabout way to get there but we're here Kirk. we did you know we're here
1: and like like all relationships we never know what kind of journey we'll be on until it happens Mm, 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 mm. and here now we've landed
0: you're just truth telling kirk just truth telling. well done um, it's actually my turn to go first because you went first two weeks in a row after I errantly went first two weeks in a row So now we're back on track.
1: Are we like bickering? It's so funny. I feel like life imitates art whenever we watch these movies I feel yeah. like sometimes we become the relationships it's true. in them. So yeah, not that I feel like we're actually fighting But
0: no, I've just been following my wife around the house and like trying to pick fights with her every <laughs> oh, so- <laughs> every time I've seen this movie. I'm like really you're not gonna put that in the dishwasher <laughs> She's like, dude, what is your problem? You sort that up over there. (laughs) Yeah. No, I've not been doing that. I'm smarter than that. Oh, Um, yeah. Tweet synopsis. Go ahead. Well, actually, before we do this little housekeeping, Mm -hmm. I need your tweet synopsis from last week. Oh, no. I need to post it tonight.
1: I will get it to you. Okay,
0: great. Um, My tweet synopsis for this movie, Marriage Story. Charlie, a successful director, and Nicole, a rising actor, are a couple at a crossroads. Hurt feelings, unkept promises, and deceit have turned their marriage into a war. With their son Henry in the balance, the two must decide what their collective life looks like post-marriage. Wow. And that's 280. It's exactly, literally exactly <sighs> 280. I tinkered with the words to get it right there.
1: Yeah. Do you like change some U's to the letter U? I
0: had to just find some more concise words, which okay. I think
1: is a good exercise anyway. Which is why Twitter is so, is, you know. It's good. Yeah, Famous for that. For being better than Facebook sometimes. Yes. Facebook, you could just write a novel, I feel like.
0: And people, they sure do. Mm-hmm. They do it quite often.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Here we go. My tweet synopsis. Charlie and Nicole are a married New York couple on the verge of divorce. We follow them on this terrible journey through the ups and downs of their separation, the effect of divorce on a child, and the systematic shortcomings of the Justice Department within the process mm-hmm. of divorce. I said divorce twice Hope that's okay
0: It's okay It's totally fine
1: That was a big um, A big thing in this movie It was not uh, It 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 expanded past Their relationship into You know Divorce sucks Yep And here's Some other reasons Why it sucks Not just because The relationship Is falling apart yeah. But because of The whole process Yeah they go into
0: A lot of interesting things Which I thought was A cool choice Like Once A lot of times When you see movies That are Heavily seeded In reality mm-hmm they kind of lose some of their themes and some of their messaging because it's real. Yeah. Um, but this one took on a lot of stuff about like what, what divorce is and how it affects people. It took on like gender roles and marriage, which was really an interesting thing that I did not see coming. Um, yeah, it took on a lot, a lot, a lot of different things, which, um, I think is pretty impressive. It's a very ambitious project. So I thought it was, uh, It was interesting for sure. Let's dive in. And the Oscar goes to, I'm cheating a little
1: bit here, Kirk cheat. You're cheating. You're cheating in a movie about divorce. That's right.
0: I'm giving, (laughs) uh, the Oscar to our two leads, Scarlett Johansson and Adam driver. Not just the one because they both need each other. They exist. Yin and yang in this. And, uh, interestingly, I read in this movie that there wasn't a lot of improv had uh there was a lot of like it was heavily scripted even pauses breaths things like that which is so interesting because it felt so real and so raw and I think that that's why um, I went with both of these actors is because they had to they had to do an excellent job to make it effective and scenes were like you're having a fight or We've talked about it before. Those high-intensity scenes can break you, you know? They can make you and they can break you Mm -hmm. Uh, because it's really, really hard to imitate reality. That's why I personally am always drawn towards movies that exist within the realm of possibility with real drama rather than like crazy. I mean, I like Star Wars and stuff like that, but I like the movies that are the ones that are most gripping are the ones that are rooted in reality Mm -hmm. because it's such a hard thing to imitate. And when you have movies like Manchester by the sea who do such an incredible job with dialogue and with making it just feel incredibly real, it's very impressive. Um, These two incredible actors. I mean, I don't think the casting could have been better. I mean, I know that the, the writing process for this movie was pretty collaborative because Laura Dern Scarlett Johansson, Adam Driver all signed on prior to the script being finished. So they got to kind of like work together on crafting this film and it paid off in a a pretty big way. And I think that there are a couple of scenes. um, There's one scene where you get Scarlett Johansson telling her whole story of what happened. Um, And it's like, I want to say like eight minutes long of her talking, took my breath away. I literally paused it and looked at Jackie and went, wow, that was (laughs) incredible. And then you get another scene where they're having a fight in this apartment. And Adam Driver just lays it all on the line. And Would it's... you say that
1: he drives the scene?
0: Boo. <laughs> 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 that was a bad one. That was, that was, bad was one. terrible. <laughs> but he is so real. It's insane. It's actually insane. I mean, I think those fight scenes. And the way that those two acted in those scenes were what made this movie incredibly great. I think that it's, just, you see how two people who love each other can be so hateful, all because they care so much. And it's, it's insane. Mm-hmm. It's insane how well they did. Um, I think in a perfect world, I would love for both of them to get Oscars. Uh, except for the fact that I'll have to get a tattoo. But um, I really thought they were both that good. I thought they both were Academy Award quality performances in this movie.
1: Yeah. Um, Great choice. I didn't cheat. I just picked Mr. Adam Driver for the Oscar. Good one. Goes to his progression in this film is pretty masterful. I think I said before that I wasn't a big fan when I first saw him. Um, I think the first introduction I had was Kylo Ren. And I was like, "Eh." yeah even though Force Awakens was great, I was like, I don't know about that guy. Maybe he'll die in the next one, which that didn't happen. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Uh, so, his, we, we follow him on his journey, journey of divorce. Uh, he starts being kind of uh, going through this complacency to confusion to then this um, systematic retaliation. You know, he kind of, they both kind of get caught up in how the justice system works to legally divorce people and how they use that to get what you want out of the divorce or what you don't think you needed but people tell you that you did it's it's insane um and all the way to um to forgiveness and beyond there's there's like eight different acts to this movie in my opinion um if you like kind of chart them all out into where he begins and where he ends Um, I think it's I think it's great that you talked about how how we see how much they loved each other in in the beginnings of this film uh, that really laid the groundwork where it wasn't just like, oh, they got married because it was convenient or, oh, they got married because they were pregnant. You know, they they got married because they truly cared about each other and to and to see that fall apart and to how they navigate that through Adam Driver to me had a stronger written character to execute that on. And I just, I just have never, I never expected to see him do the things that he did in this film.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he blew me away. He, he totally blew me away. And I think it's, what's interesting is um, this movie maybe didn't hit home as hard for me as for others. Cause I, I haven't had, thankfully I'm very blessed to not have, yeah, divorced parents or anybody in my close life who has gone through such a thing. So I, I haven't seen it happen really like closely. Um, but one thing, one thing this movie taught me is something that you're talking about is like, you know, people get married because they love each other and they, you really can love each other and go through this process. You can love each other while you're going through this process, which is so interesting. Like you can, um, sometimes, and this a thought that had never occurred to me before. I think I always just thought, well, people fall in love and then they fall out of love and then they get a divorce. But really, what this movie kind of dives into is like, and which you, what you see happen in real life is like, you can still love someone and it just won't work. The yeah. actual relationship won't work, and that is such a horribly painful thing to watch. And these people, uh, you know, both Scarlett Johansson and Adam Driver conveyed that pain in such a tangible way that you actually hurt you hurt for them while you're watching it um which is pretty a pretty remarkable thing to make your audience feel in such a real way um so so kudos to noah bombach and the incredible actors who made this movie happen because it was it was pretty fascinating. And and for those who don't know, Noah Baumbach, who's an incredible, uh, director, writer extraordinaire. He's actually worked really closely with one of my favorite directors, Wes Anderson. Mm-hmm. Over the years, he wrote screenplays for uh, fantastic Mr. Fox and the life aquatic. Um, he is writing from his personal experience. This, uh, movie is meant to convey some of the experiences that he went through during his divorce from Jennifer Jason Lee in 2013. So, um, having that come from reality, I think is what really kind of roots this movie and gives it its strength, but it's also why it's just so incredibly heartbreaking to watch. Heartbreaking indeed. Yeah. Heartbreaking
1: Um, indeed, but an important one, an important tangible is, is so, is such a good and effective word for this because you, you really do feel like you've, you're living this throughout, throughout with them. And yeah. And to going back on to falling in and out of love, I am, I am, you know, thankful enough to also have not, you know, my parents aren't divorced. I'm not divorced, but I have had friends and friends of friends who have gone through this and I've seen some of the things that they've talked about that are portrayed on the screen um, about that, about, you know, they're just going about your normal day, even in the midst of separation. And you might do something like when you walk past them, like touch their shoulder or, or, um, uh, like high five them and celebrate with them about something that's fun and exciting. And you just, you, that you just slip back into that, what you knew and were comfortable with so easily. Yeah. And that's just so painful at the same time. And so there's all these points in the movie where you're like, Oh, this is where it went wrong. This is where it went wrong. And Oh, what if they did this? What if they did this? this and again it just makes it like you just want to grab it and tell them but you can't yeah Uh,
0: yeah it's it's brilliant dude it's powerful stuff it it just it frankly is and um i think that this movie just being blunt it could have been a disaster if you don't have good acting performances because if you're not able to get there emotionally it's the whole thing will fall flat yep all even the writing you know even the writing which was so spot on if it's not delivered correctly um Yikes, (laughs) Yikes, <laughs> yes. it could be a really bad experience. And that's, that's part of why I was also impressed with this movie. It's just the way that it, you know, it's delicate. It's, it's a mm-hmm. delicate and fragile thing. When you got a movie that relies so heavily on the acting performances to be solid, you cannot slip up. Mm-hmm. Um, so the kudos to our two leads who did an excellent job. Let's move into scene stealer cheating again. What? I know. I know. I, <laughs> I, yeah, I'm usually really good at being decisive and I just couldn't do it. I watched this movie two times. Uh, And I was like, okay, make a decision. One person, I couldn't do it. So, my scene stealers are Laura Dern and Ray Liotta. Laura Laura Dern and Ray Liotta play the uh, lawyers who are on either side of this uh, family law matter. And who are caricatures of... They're caricatures of, I guess, archetypes of... Gender roles. So mm-hmm. Laura Dern's character is like hyper feminism to the to the utmost. And Ray Liotta's is like hyper masculinity to the utmost. And, and they use that to Noah Baumbach uses these characters to convey um how first of all, how gender plays a role in marriage and how it can how societies I, I would say that like a lot of gender roles in marriage are enforced by society. So men feel uh You know, in a in a male female relationship, men feel the need to provide and protect and all of those things, which are probably outdated constructs, but it's given to us from day one. We have to do this. So a lot of times speaking from my own personal experience, if I am not doing a good job at my job, or if something is going on with financially with me where I'm not providing as much, I feel that. And it's it's a weird thing, and it's not really like it's it's unspoken it's Mm -hmm. just a part of me and i think it's part of that gender role thing and on the opposite end you know scarlett johansson's character feels the need to be a mother and be nurturing and she's being held back by that in the same way adam driver's being held back by this like hyper masculinity complex in a lot of ways those things are what make them
1: bad partners for each other there's like this um this this piece of art this image that was drawn a long time ago that got shared on social media where it's this man and he's at the top of a cliff he's reaching over and he's just barely holding on to this woman and there's a rock crushing his abd like his middle body from his back and her holding on to his hand underneath the cliff there's like these spikes going into her so every time that she is pulling him that boulder is kind of crushing him a little more and every time that he is pulling her those spikes are like digging into her arm and so that's <laughs> right. what i think about when you describe that and it's uh yeah they th- there's there's this middle ground that has to be found because th- within those those gender roles that are kind of um um decided and uh by society and there they you have to find the communication that bridges that gap so right. that you're not crushed and you're not scraping and how you don't end up in in a divorce yeah as, you ha- as best you can you
0: have to literally fight it off yes and i mean i know that there's issues in every marriage but specifically when you have a male female marriage where those things are very real mm-hmm. they're more real than you would like them to be you know like yes. that you can actually feel it um which is a crazy crazy thing um, but w- basically Laura Dern and uh, and Ray Liotta act as the personification of those gender roles. They do. And yep. they literally come to blows in the courtroom, you know, this like macho man versus this like ultra, you know, feminine woman. And they're just like going head to head and it's just like a total clash of nature. And mm-hmm. It's insane. Um, and so those two do a good job of where you can see both sides of it and understand it. But also you can see what's bad about those things. Mm-hmm. And, uh, man, kudos to them. It's, it's again, it's one of those things where this was not the theme. I was ex- not one of the themes I was expecting in this movie at all. When they went there, I was like, Hey man, <laughs> bold, <laughs> ambitious, right? Like this is something that, uh, lots of people have tried to explain and, and convey. And it's a difficult thing, but, uh, credit to Noah Baumbach again, Uh, and and the incredible actors who did a great job so my scene stealers again are Laura
1: Dern and Ray Ray Leota excellent I did not think you were going to choose them even when you sprung it (laughs) on me that you were cheating again that you would pick two people I I didn't know who but I did not anticipate them because there were so many characters that kind of come and go through this movie yeah that you could have picked three people you know it would have been very easy um Alan Alda is also in this film. I didn't pick him yeah, as a scene dude. stealer, but yes. he does an incredible job. Shout out to uh, he's hes in ER as a recurring character for quite a bit of time. And of course, MASH. MASH, um, yeah. My scene stealer actually goes to, and I'm going to pronounce her last name wrong. I'm sure of it because I don't know which way it goes. It is Merritt Weaver or Weber. It's probably Weaver, I think. W-E-V-E-R. I'm going to uh-huh. go Weaver. Yeah. Merritt Weaver. This this girl, dude, I I didn't know what to think of her when I first saw her on screen. She came on screen, I don't know her first acting credit, but the first one I saw her in was in Godless, uh-huh. which was a Netflix limited series. She absolutely blew me away in, in, in how she made this Western um, character feel so real even though i was watching it in i think 2017 and then i watched this also another limited series on netflix so this is like her shtick right um she was in unbelievable which is about a um a sexual assault case and how she is a detective and she is trying to find the perpetrators and um just get on the trail of what's going on with with a couple yeah. of different cases and absolute standout performance in this she plays Neither, not, none of that at all in this film. She is um, Scarlett Johansson's sister in this film, yeah. in Marriage Story, and she pulls off one of the most difficult acting behaviors there is, <laughs> <laughs> which is being drunk on screen. Yes, this is something that very few people can pull off authentically, and I think she did it. She she uh, had to portray that she had been drinking wine all day, um, and maybe she had. Maybe she's a, a method actor. I'm not quite sure, but she this this honest um drunkenness this um honest (laughs) inebriation is what i saw she nails this buzz and it's so impressive and every time that i see that on screen that i I just have to like just shout it from the rooftops like bravo bravo yeah Uh, i'm trying to think of like other actors who've done it well um again and the other ones might have actually been a high or drunk um like James Franco, yeah. um, Marlon Brando. Uh, I, I can't think of Yeah, more no, it's now, a good point. It's probably something that a lot of people overlook. They do, because there's so many bad, bad acting <laughs> drunks. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, I'm sure I could not do it as well, but I just want to shout that out. She is absolutely hilarious, and she's balancing this very difficult little trick while she's delivering very important moments in this film, so... Big shout out to Merritt Weaver for, for yeah. her role as the scene stealer.
0: Good call. She does a great job. She also does a she does a <laughs> her first scene where she's just like in a really really awkward position. Oh yes, and she does an incredible job of conveying that. So you're like, oh, this is so awkward. It's kind of like when you watch The Office and you're yeah. like, oh man, this is so cringy. Like she does a good job of making you feel the awkwardness of the situation, which yes, is which is powerful too. So that's a good pick. Um, let's move into showstopper. My showstopper is the screenplay, mm-hmm. uh, which is written by Noah Baumbach. He's an incredible screenwriter. Um, one of the cool, a th- uh, couple of cool things going on here. First of all, um, how real it is. <laughs> how real the dialogue is. There is a scene in particular where you know there are plenty of scenes where they're they are having these big life altering discussions about what's going to happen with their marriage and what's going to happen with their child and all these different things while life continues to spin around them mm-hmm. uh so at one point adam driver shows up in a rental car and the car seat isn't put in the car correctly and you find them both shoved in the backseat of the car trying to click <laughs> this thing on which hit home hard uh, because sometimes you do find yourself in a marriage in weird positions (laughs) where you're like talking about things that are very serious, but you're doing ridiculous things like chasing your kid around or putting in a car seat. Um, so that was definitely a scene from someone who's lived it. And I was, I was appreciative of those moments that seem insignificant, but are definitely hard to convey on the silver screen. And, and Noah Baumbach did a great job. Mm -hmm. Um, also, Adam Driver's character—he's a successful director of stage plays. Mm-hmm. So, whenever I said director in my tweet synopsis, I didn't mean film director. He's a director of actually staged performances, and the way that the reason I said screenplay instead of just writing is that the way this is staged in a lot of cases is like a a stage play. So you've got people that you know when Scarlett Johansson's giving her big soliloquy, you know, kind of talking, telling her whole story she walks into the bathroom and is still talking and you can kind of hear the echoiness of the bathroom Mm -hmm. while she's like getting a tissue or throwing something away and then walks back out she's kind of like pacing the room she like takes a bite of a cookie and is like oh man this is a delicious cookie you know mid-sentence all of that stuff just takes the authenticity to a completely another level (laughs) you Mm -hmm. know um and uh it's just really really impressive so I could go on for hours about all the amazing things in the screenplay, but those are some of the small bits um, and they definitely don't go unnoticed. And if you've already watched it or you still need to watch it, take a look at those things that make this thing just hyper real and just really appreciate them. Don't just let them pass by because they are, exceptionally hard to do even though it seems effortless
1: yeah i'm gonna add to that because i had very similar notes as a show okay, cool. for for um the screenplay I, I think i broke it up into like three different things but really we we're saying the same thing here so those long flowing cutscenes scenes um they they're made to be so theatrical which of course mirrors um charlie's role as a theater director in in the movie as adam driver's character and we see this only a couple of A couple of times where it really hits home, but then if you watch it back like you did, there's more of that than you think. Yeah, there's more of those long flowing scenes, and you're like, whoa, man, this just like echoes throughout this whole thing. So, bravo to the screenplay writing for doing that because it was so meticulous, and because, uh, and the cinematographer who was able to just put that in so effortlessly to not make it like in your face, but to just be this beautiful part of the story that you could easily watch and follow along with and then um, the incredible opening sequence uh, showing their strengths as a marriage uh, in them as a married couple and nothing that is introduced in this film is left unturned you yep. little things and even as specific as that moment where they're buckling that car seat incorrectly into the latch system, they, they bring that back up. And I, and there are so many small moments like that, that get discussed again, either, uh, as ammunition or as, um, as a reflection of, of their, of their relationship. Right. And it it couldn't be more perfect to the, that aspect of the writing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, you mentioned the, the second viewing, Mm -hmm. And I caught a ton and I I actually watched the first half of it, um, during my lunch break at work today. And then I let it play as I finished out my day at work. Um, but so many things I noticed the second time around that were unreal. So, um, I was thinking more about the fact about the way that it's staged. And so I wanted to watch it again to see if there was anything else in there that made this work Mm -hmm. and so many subtleties. So there's a, there's a scene, um, Well, actually, any scene where they're transitioning, like a hard transition, they do things that are very play-like. So Mm -hmm. they do things that make it look like the curtain, almost like the curtains are closing in or we're fading in and out. You know, sometimes you go to like a musical or stage play and as they're changing from one big set design to another, they do like this goofy scene while all this stuff is going on or something like Mm -hmm. that. So at one point there's a scene where it's just a plane going, like plane flying over Mm -hmm. and it's like. 10 seconds but it's like a perfect transition those things were interesting also the way this thing is um i guess the way it was shot the aspect ratio of it there's about a half inch border on your screen Oh, on either side. I didn't realize that. And so what the effect that that creates, at least I think that it creates mm-hmm. is it looks like you're watching a play.
1: A proscenium stage. Yeah. yeah.
0: It looks like a stage play. Yeah. I um, even the that. stuff that they do with the camera work, they don't get these big super close ups and things like that. Um, Cause it's a play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, it's kind of, it's kind of interesting when you start to think of the whole thing together. Like the thing is called marriage story, but it's really about divorce a divorce story it's yeah and and it's it's taking the real life drama and turning it into a movie like there's a lot of interesting things to dive into there uh thematically but definitely give it multiple watches so you can catch all the intricacies of it because it makes mm-hmm. it all the, all the better
1: and make sure that you watch the now famous scene um just want to say i posted this first on our pod you on did. Our social media you did. and then it kind of blew up a little bit on twitter where Scarlett johansson is holding their child in outside of one of their homes. Yeah. And it looks like her head, the way she tilts it is that she, her head is on a tiny body and someone <laughs> is holding her. And the, it's in a very intense moment and in conversation. And my wife and I are like stunned watching it, but I paused it when that happened. And I said, wait a minute. <laughs> and Oliver says, I know I see it too. And we laughed for probably 10 straight minutes. And then we resumed the, the movie, but it was That's uh, awesome. I just, uh, of all the wonderful things, things like that can always make, make a movie like this, give you that relief of like this tension that you're seeing <laughs> and going through. And then you just have this big laugh. Like, okay, let's go back. To yeah.
0: It. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's, that's definitely a funny one. Um, so scroll back through our Facebook feed to find that one. Yes. if you missed it the first time around because it's pretty funny. Um, let's do director shoes. Let's go. So my, my one complaint, I'll say my one complaint. Cause I only have one is that I wish Noah Bombach would have trusted us a bit more to pick up what he was laying down because there were a couple of times where he uh, just made it a little too overt in terms of like what theme he was trying to drive home. One scene I'm thinking of in, in particular is when Uh, They come to fix Scarlett Johansson's gate because there's been a power outage and they literally have to push the gate closed. And as they're pushing at it, it's like you see her face, you see his face, you see her face, you see his face, and the gate is closing in between them. And I'm like, okay, good. I see what you're doing there. I like it. It could have been less in your face Mm -hmm. because I I would have probably picked up on it without that. And I think that it would have been more effective if it was like oh man you see what he did there they're like literally close they're literally putting a physical divide between each other and there were a couple of times where he's like this is the thing that i'm trying to drive home let me make it overt so that people can't miss it and i think that sometimes those things lose effect whenever you know what they're trying to do versus like when you notice it on your own and you're like, Oh man, well done. Like that's, right.
1: that's very interesting. Yeah. That one goes back to mise on sin, but it was a little, it was too overblown. Yeah. For sure.
0: and, and I get it just for the record. Like I get it's, it's gotta be hard as a director. You're sending a piece of art out into the world to be judged by all everyone. And you want to make sure the important stuff sticks. And so sometimes you have a tendency, I think to make it stick mm-hmm. hard. And I, and I get it. I, I, I do get it. But, um, I think those scenes uh, where that happened, there were probably four or five of them. They lose their effectiveness, effectiveness just a smidge, um, just because it was kind of in your face. But that's mm-hmm. that's my one critique.
1: Yeah, I you're not gonna like my director's shoes. That's fine. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see if uh, if you beat me up after this. Uh, I have two. Um, I think Scarlett Johansson's character writing was not as strong as Adam Driver's. Okay. I still think um, Scarlett Johansson's performance was great. But ultimately, I also I, uh, Adam Driver had a better opportunity to win that Best Actor place in, in our in our superlatives today. Yeah. Um, her character felt just slightly more underdeveloped than Charlie's, and uh, because it, it makes sense, because it was somewhat of an autobiography of the director Noah Baumbach. Yep. And I felt like they could have maybe consulted a female writer to enhance that storyline. Uh, as is done in several films and TV shows. You know, they get someone who has more of that voice so that they can make it more authentic. Um, So maybe they did that. Maybe they didn't do it enough. I feel like they could have amped her character up to match them just a little bit more. That's what I was missing out of it. And then second, um, I did, I loved Laura Dern. I loved her performance. However, the writing for her character was a little bit over the top for me. Um, At a few points, because she is pretty great. Laura Dern comes at you with such um, ferociousness and strength in any role that she carries. And I think that sometimes writers, um, I don't know if she asked for it, or if they say well, we can just get her to do whatever we want. Let's just make this explode. And I don't think that they necessarily needed her to explode in this role because there were so many other kind of moments where she was ebbing and flowing and, and really controlling the narrative uh, of, of what she wanted to do as, as Scarlett Johansson's lawyer. So yep, those are my director's shoes. Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, I do disagree, but that's okay. <laughs> like I said before, I'm, I'm here for it, man. I love it. I, I want to hear all the opinions. Yes. Uh, that's what makes this fun. So, Let's get final thoughts and let's score this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm extremely high on this movie. I'm extremely, extremely high on this movie. I think it's probably the best movie I've seen this year. Um, it's my best picture as of right now. I haven't seen everything, and that's you know that's okay. But this this kind of movie, I'll just be honest, is kind of catered toward me. I like mm-hmm. I like highly emotional things. I like things that people would simplified down to just saying it's a sad movie you know okay if we're gonna do that i like sad movies i think (laughs) um i like when things feel real i like whenever we're talking about real people and real things and i don't know i I like the drama of it yep um and i fell in love with both of these characters i was impressed that noah bambach was uh, simultaneously able to we talk about I, I talk about it a lot, using biases against you to mm-hmm. make you feel certain things. He was simultaneously able to do that, but also able to um make you become aware of those biases to where you're not just like, Oh, I don't like this character because of all these things. It's like, here's why you don't like her, and here's why that's wrong, mm-hmm. and here's why you don't like him, and here's where here's why that's wrong. Kind of like I don't know, weirdly, like kind of growing you as a person to become more self-aware. Like it got me to the point where I was literally, uh, asking Jackie for multiple days following seeing this movie. I'm like, do I act like that? do i do that because that kind of sounds like oh me. my gosh
1: yeah you know as soon as this movie ended i'm like don't just tell me what i what's wrong with me i, I don't ever divorce me let's fix this <laughs> <So> Like, <laughs> yeah. whatever nuances that drive you crazy let's go and we just had like a 30 minute conversation i'm like no no let's yeah, you know are good <laughs> yeah like um
0: either one of these characters could be like well you do this thing and that's not okay and i'm like Oh man, I do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah, and now I see why it's not okay. So that blew me away because I don't think I've ever had thoughts like that during a movie. And, yeah. um, so I thought that was really cool. I'm giving this movie. Oh, I'm still kind of deciding. Do I want to <laughs> go there? Do I want to go there. Screw it. I'm giving this movie a 9.9 what? out of 10 kernels. Jeez. I, uh, I realized that that puts me in a bind <laughs> that, I can't go much higher than that and anything else that I like more than this movie will have to be a 10 but hey that's <laughs> that's where we're at I want to show my appreciation for this movie I really hope it wins best picture yeah
1: it's it's quite the cinematic feat because of all the different things one one of the biggest things you mentioned earlier is that this script was not completed um, when they started hiring actors for this they just said hey we've got a we've got an idea let's go and the collaboration on this alone made it that much stronger and that can be 100% go either way 50/50 it's going to be wow this is going to be a masterpiece or we're going to put so many different things in this way we're going to be pulled in too many directions with all the stories that we want to go with so um the, again, the the screenwriting for this is very impressive with how it was organized and laid out to be the the impressive piece that we saw. Um, I'm going to go with a 9.5 kernels out of ten. Okay, strong scores. Loved it.
0: Um, yeah. So this movie will f- is a surefire Oscar nomination for Best Picture. I think that ha- I think that it has a good chance of winning. To be honest with you, um, my personal opinion. But it. Uh, it's already scooping up a lot of awards and award season well deserved. If you haven't checked this one out, I think Kirk and I, as we recommend that you check out everything we review, of Please course, do. so that you can form your opinions. But this one in particular uh, is a can't miss. I would I would check it out. And that's marriage story. Marriage All right. Story. Now see, now that's off my chest, Kirk. I've been living with it. I've been wanting to talk to everybody about it. I've only been able to talk to
1: a few people. And those people are probably so tired of hearing them talk about it, <laughs> which is funny because like when, when we started watching this, people had already started watching it before us, Yeah, uh, because it was so available on, on Netflix and everyone's like, Oh yeah. yeah, I'm halfway through and I hate my life right now. <laughs> it's so yeah, sad. It's so you know? sad. And, and then we, we had to catch up to them watching the movie that we were going to review, which yeah. was interesting. So it was, it it's was. funny that it's funny that not everyone has seen this. I just kind of expect everyone to see this. Yeah. So stop what you're doing <laughs> after this next segment and go watch Marriage yeah, Story. for sure. It's a, it's a must-watch. Um, so now
0: we're turning the page in a pretty significant way, which I'm, I've been jazzed for. Turning the page to get hyped for Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And as if I haven't been hyped for the last two years <laughs> waiting for this movie <laughs> to come out. But we are now, at time of recording, just two days away from seeing it, Kirk. Oh my gosh. At this exact moment. In two days, you and I will be viewing this movie with some of our favorite people, mm-hmm. our listeners, and our family and friends, and it will be magnificent. So to get hype for that, we're doing schoolyard pick. Remember, top five is gone, dead, forgotten.
1: It's hard. It is. It it's, is. I know. Uh, I said top five like 10 times today when I was uh, talking about this, and I was like, wait, 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 wait. We've been through 22 episodes of top five.
0: Change and, is hard, Kirk. Change is hard, but it tells us who we are. You know, it does. It tells us who we are. Who am I? Um, so, yeah, we've got that. We're going to do Schoolyard Pick of Star Wars movies. Whoa. And there are exactly <laughs> 10 right now, if you include the
1: spinoffs, right? Is it 11? Well... No. With Rise of Skywalker, it will be 11. Which I put, <laughs> I put Rise of Skywalker on my list, but I can't, right? You because... can't
0: pick it. <laughs> no, you haven't seen it. You can't pick it.
1: I also want to write that... I wrote out all the movies just so I wouldn't mess up here. And I already did. That's my first mistake. My second mistake is that I wrote <laughs> Rise of Skywalks. So I couldn't even... <laughs> Rise of the Skywalks. So they're even like the Ewoks, skywalk.
0: but they're the Skywalks. <laughs> that would be an interesting plot
1: twist. Oh, it's like an SNL like spin-off parody of like... <laughs> <laughs> the whole time we thought this
0: was the Skywalker saga because of the Skywalkers by last name. Yes. But really, it was the Skywalks.
1: Yes. They're going to enter into the final chapter here and <laughs> blow us all it away. Be,
0: it'll be very interesting. Shake things up. Oh, well, that's very stupid. Okay. <laughs> let's let's do this. You get to pick first. No pressure. First Star Wars movie.
1: My schoolyard pick.
0: And Solo and Rogue One Rogue are included. That's how we get to ten. Okay. Yes. The Christmas special is not included. You don't get, <laughs> to, pick. You don't, don't get to pick that one. You don't get to pick that one. Sorry.
1: Let me, let me erase that one. Hold on. Okay, I'm gonna go. This is this is. Uh, I'm I'm already going to apologize for this because this one's gonna hurt. I'm picking Return of the Jedi. Okay, right out the gate. I knew you would. I it's, knew you would, Kirk. It's fantastic. It's um, it's the f- the final chapter of the original trilogy, and it is. It's where we see Luke just become a total, an incredible Jedi, and nothing can stop him.
0: Yeah. Just baller status.
1: That's when you really find out who Luke is and what he can be and come into his potential.
0: And Leia chokes out Jabba the Hutt with a chain. Dog, yeah. And, you know, Boba Fett getting eaten and all the the things. Incredible things
1: happen in Return of the Crazy,
0: crazy, crazy things. So, yeah, it's a good one. So you can't pick that one. I won't pick it. I won't pick it. I'm going to go with A New Hope. Dang it. (laughs) I go back and forth with this one. Sometimes this one's my fave. I think just because I, I'm so romantic about, you know, ever since we went to LA and they talked about when the first star Wars movie came out, everybody came and see it. And they literally tore up the carpet because they were stampeded out of the theater to go buy more tickets to come back in, man. So when I think about it through the lens of like how monumental this movie is, it's easy for me to feel really romantic about it. And, um, yeah, I think that sometimes I convince myself that it's my favorite and maybe it is. I don't know, but I love it. I love how original it is. I love how, you know, having seen all the movies, how it sets up the other movies in such an excellent way. And mm-hmm. I know that they, you know, built it around that, but it's just great. I had to go New Hope. It's the OGGG. That's a lot of G's. <laughs> all the G's. OG.
1: Uh, so this, this is where it just gets really hard. As if it wasn't hard enough. My next schoolyard pick, I am going to go with to be different and bold. I'm going to go Attack of the Clones. I'm picking that Attack of the Clones. Okay. Episode two. You know, a lot of people hated, I mean, people hate um, Phantom Menace more. And uh, (laughs) as we know, Last Jedi more. But Attack of the Clones got a lot of heat because it has the, the love story in it. And you need the love story to make anything else happen because if you don't show the love story, then how do you know that Luke and Leia have loving parents? Yeah, I
0: think people mostly had problems with Hayden Christensen.
1: In well, yeah, <laughs> that, that
0: movie. That's Just like you. like his part part in the love story like yeah. that that he was not great.
1: Well he was a terrible actor, is to this day. Um, I've only seen him in like one other movie and it was also terrible. Jumpers? Yes. Is that what it's called? Yes, it was. Yeah. And he was atrocious. <laughs> <laughs> it's a
0: bad movie, let's be honest. Yeah,
1: he's just had... I, I don't know. I just don't like him. I don't like him.
0: That is a surprise pick. To, uh, to That's my second clothes. pick. So yeah, yeah, it is. It's a
1: big surprise. You know what I also... I, I, I read this journalist. They said that, you know, the prequels could have been so much better had they not just played off of the angsty teen side of uh, Anakin, sure. and they would have played on... He's really trying to um, understand being a Jedi and really believes in it, but he sees all of the uh, the corruptive uh, pieces to it all, which we see the corruption, yeah, um, even all the way up to Yoda doing things like no you know there's, there's things that he like breaks the rules on, and but they just made this broody character out of him, probably because that's all he could do, right so yeah, shame on i mean said.
0: episode two does have the great jedi battle it has you know lots of good battles between like obi-wan and count dooku obi-wan anakin and count dooku anakin gets his arm chopped off yoda yoda versus count dooku where yoda's flipping around that's an awesome moment yes um you know jango fett getting his head chopped off there's mm-hmm. lots of crazy stuff there's going some on big there. stuff
1: that happens in yeah, that yeah so
0: it's uh it's fun i think i said on a few episodes episodes ago that that Jedi battle is kind of our Avengers assemble yeah. moment. So yeah, it's, it's a, it's a surprise pick, but it it's, is a good pick.
1: It's a surprise.
0: Okay. I'm going to go with empire strikes back. Okay. Um, this is sort of the fan. This is the consensus fan favorite. I think of all of the star Wars movies. Um, the battle on Hoth is one of the greatest things of all time. Oh, yeah. I love it. I love Luke being off with Yoda training on, uh, uh, Dagobah. Mm-hmm. It's, sweet that run, yoda run run jump I can't <laughs> <get> back. <laughs> oh yeah that video yikes we should post that we should yeah we, we'll post it so that you guys understand that reference that's the lip it's the, the lip sync one right yes, the, bad lip syncing uh yeah that's a good one i love that yoda that yoda is the best kind of yoda yeah and they kind of bring that yoda back in the last jedi yes. you know he's like Goofy, he's like laughing while the Jedi tree is on fire. He's just like totally loopy it's and crazy,
1: smacking Luke with his cane. Yeah, it's great. That's
0: like it's like the Rafiki Yoda. Like <laughs> it's a <laughs> that's a fun version of Yoda, the one that I like to remember. So that's why Empire has a has a special place in my heart. Beautiful. That's my second pick.
1: I'm gonna go with Force Awakens. Okay. Um, this movie met all my expectations and more when when it came out. I. It gave us it gave us all, all of the right kind of homages to what we knew in the Star Wars family and realm and gave us all these little breadcrumbs to try to follow up for the next two films. Uh, so Force Awakens, home run. Yeah. My pick, not it's yours. It's a good
0: call. Um, my next pick, I'm shocked that this one is still on the board. Oh, I, gosh. I never thought I'd be picking it at three. I thought I'd be forced to pick it earlier. Uh, Rogue One. Ah, I love yeah. Rogue One. Um, the way that they just like beautifully, Gareth Edwards is the uh, the director on this one. Great, great, great job. Um, he crafts a story that is just really exceptional regarding how the Death Star has such a giant blemish in it, which clears up one, probably the most significant lazy writing plot hole, I guess, of the whole Star Wars anthology. Like, yep. Why does the Death Star, this massive masterpiece of destruction, have like, oh, if you throw like a neutron bomb (laughs) down this one thing, it blows the whole thing to smithereens. That's it. That's all explained in Rogue One. Um, They do a great job of making this movie awesome, even though, spoiler alert, all all of the significant characters die at the end of that one. Everyone dies. Yeah, which is pretty interesting. Mm -hmm. It's a movie without Jedi, Mm -hmm. kind of, except for that. Um, that blind guy who's force sensitive—he's really cool. He's so great, and the the Darth Vader scene at the end of this one—the best—and mm-hmm. the way that it leads right up to a new hope is epic and awesome.
1: Mm-hmm. So Rogue
0: One—I
1: think I just overlooked it on my list of it's okay. deletions.
0: I'm I'm happy. <sighs> is this my third pick or fourth? Fourth I can't count. So far, th- you've picked Return of the Jedi, Attack of the Clones. And Force Awakens. All right, I'm gonna go Last Jedi. Okay, I'm
1: gonna steal that. I one. I would
0: have taken it next. Yeah, I knew you would have.
1: I'm gonna go Last Jedi because um, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of of Luke, and I I want everything about him. I hope we see him in the Rise of Skywalker or Skywalker, whichever <laughs> one you're gonna go as see. A a as a Force Ghost. As a Force Ghost. Yeah, I want him to somehow save something if not the whole thing by being a force ghost presence
0: yeah my prediction is that the force ghosts will will fight in the real world like we talked world. about
1: the uh the hog war the the, <laughs> yeah. the harry potter harry potter's parents like he's coming back he's yes. gonna help take down everybody It'd Be legit he's so great no
0: one's ever really gone that's what they say that's what they say
1: it's not going to go the way you think it is or whatever that quote is yep i just butchered it
0: it was beautiful good job thank you <laughs> is that it on the last jedi Yeah, that's all. Okay.
1: We talked about it earlier a lot.
0: (laughs) Pick number four. You like the suspense I'm building up? That's pretty good. Bring it. Revenge of the Sith. Number three. There it is. So it's pick number four, but it's Revenge of the Sith, which is the third movie. It's the prequels. Mm -hmm. Um, It's the best prequel, in my my humble opinion. I love the story that we get. The way that they bring us full circle on the Obi-Wan and Anakin relationship. I love when we have the two battles going on side by side with... Yoda fighting Sidious and Anakin and Obi-Wan fighting on Mustafar, like yep, yep. Um, pretty sick. I just love that movie. I really do. I, I think that it's, I know that the prequels are kind of marred in controversy and, and they're not perfect. Let's be honest. Um, But I thought that the third one was really good. Mm-hmm. And I thought that it brought us, it, it left us exactly where we needed to be left to feel good about like, should the prequels have happened i think the answer is yes Mm -hmm. i think we needed those stories to be told i think they could have been told better sure but i think that uh it was a it was a good movie for sure i agree that's my fourth pick
1: there are just two left
0: there are two movies left which one are you gonna pick kirk
1: well i have to pick the better one (laughs) so i'm gonna pick solo a star wars story so many haters on this film. I thought it was great. It is one of my last picks because the other ones are superior. But I think Solo did a good job. I think uh, I think the main actor uh, forget his name. All the There it is. Yeah. I think he captured um, Harrison Ford's Han Solo in such a fantastic way, and what the nuances of, of Han Solo, but also like what he would have been like a little bit younger and it was tricky and it was sly and Paul Bettany was in it. And uh, it it was, it was really wonderful. And I think Ron Howard did a great job and uh, I'll fight you if you think that this is not a good movie.
0: So, yeah, I, I mean, my, my thoughts on this movie and the reason that it ranks low is not because it's a bad movie, but it's because it's kind of an unnecessary movie. Yeah. uh, Like, I don't think, I don't think we, um, I mean, I'm judging by the fact that it's one of your last picks.
1: I think the, I think that that's just like, do we really need Han Solo's backstory? How like, does it connect? I mean, you see Lando and him meet up, which that's kind of nice. Yeah. Because we meet them at Empire for the first time. You're like, who's this guy? Yeah. <laughs> so that, that's kind of nice. That connection there, like what they've been through, at least in the past, at least once. I wonder if this had gotten better results, if we would have seen um, a, another Solo film. Mm. solo 2 which is a little ironic but i know that
0: (laughs) (laughs) i i don't know i think it was a one shot i think they just wanted to give us more of this character because they know people loved it yeah and i just didn't think it was totally necessary but i like the movie i just watched it the other day and
1: and i'm still hoping that darth maul shows up here yeah buddy last uh, rise of the skywalks (laughs) it's a very uh unlikely but sure i'm gonna push rise of the skywalks until i can't say it anymore yeah Okay. Thank you.
0: <laughs> I think I don't. I'm not. Again, I don't read all of the stuff, but I think doesn't Darth Maul get killed eventually? Like
1: again? <laughs> <laughs> again? Yeah, I think he
0: does. So like I don't,
1: they, they they talk about it in, in the other other. No, episodes? I think he
0: dies in uh, Rebels, Star Wars Rebels, well, which know. is the animated show. Mm-hmm. So that's technically still canon, Star Wars canon, but mm-hmm. it's uh, animated. So he dies. He gets brought back to life. <laughs> And then he dies again.
1: Well, I want him to come back. Maybe Force Ghost. Force Ghost. He's gonna Force Ghost all the. We're gonna have
0: all the Force Ghosts. We're gonna have on one side. You're gonna have Darth Maul, Count Dooku, the whole lot of them. On the other side, you're gonna have everybody else, and they're gonna charge towards each other like uh, it's 300 or something like that. It's gonna be intense. (laughs)
1: This is the channel. Uh, Yeah. This is the
0: set. Actually, if that doesn't happen, I'm going to be ticked. <laughs> I just decided that.
1: JJ, you have
0: a lot to live up to <laughs> yeah, over here. You do. No <laughs> pressure. All right. So that leaves me with the uh, redheaded stepchild of the Star Wars <laughs> movies, um, which is, of course, episode one, The Phantom Menace. This movie, where to begin with this movie? We get the worst character ever introduced, <laughs> Jar Jar Binks, um, yeah. who's just a shameless tool for comedy i guess and it's horrible um, i think i did the math at one point like one sixth of this movie is pod racing which is much too large a percentage of a movie <laughs> <laughs> to have tied up in pod racing um that kid who plays anakin mm-hmm. awful yeah i mean just bad i'm sorry it, but, but fantastic and jingle all no the way. just so bad in jingle all <laughs> the way even though i love that movie he's so <laughs> awful um we get Qui-Gon Jinn who's awesome we get Darth Maul who's awesome yeah uh we get Obi-Wan with the Padawan braid which Mm -hmm. is pretty cool so yeah that's the Phantom Menace (laughs) the thing that's most telling about this because a lot of people are like George um, I hate to go back to it George Lucas doesn't like the new movies George Lucas didn't like the Phantom Menace Mm -hmm. and you can make an argument that he didn't like the original trilogy because he just kept tinkering with it he just kept making special editions with cgi yes. and all this new crap it's like stop uh, it but yeah whenever he went to the premiere of this movie uh they said that he said while he was watching it i think i've gone a bit too far <laughs> when I, and, and I, and to that i say george you are correct
1: we appreciate your honesty yeah
0: thank you um, so yeah Phantom Menace it's the last one I'll still watch it from time to time obviously
1: because yeah. I'm, I'm a huge fan I'm watching it right now actually I'm like 30 minutes in not like in this very moment oh I was like that's impressive <laughs> I'm just sitting here across the table like oh yeah what's happening oh, like let me guess clones. what's happening
0: <laughs> probably pod racing <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll, I'll take it I'll take the last one it's, it is what it is you got it there's our there's our schoolyard pick Cam there it is there it is hit us with your Star Wars takes if you've got a list if you want to do top five Star Wars feel free like i said top five is no longer done on this podcast so that's where we're at it's dead it's dead and gone um, but that gives us the perfect segue-, segue into our big event if you bought tickets to our sold out premiere this thursday oh, a couple things i want to bring you up to speed on um, doors open at 6 45 to our auditorium but our recommendation is that you arrive uh before that so probably as close to 6:30 as possible so we can get you checked in you can get your snacks it's gonna be a packed theater it's opening night um, and then you can proceed to get your seats it's open seating so it's first come first serve so if you have a very specific seating preference uh, no, just another reason to arrive early mm-hmm. um, the movie starts promptly at 7:15, 15 uh, but trivia starts at seven or earlier if we have everybody there or most of the people there we will have prizes for trivia. It's going to be a great time. Uh, yeah, so just please show up as, as early as you can. We'll be there to socialize with you before the movie starts, and then we will watch. We will be among the first people in the world to watch this movie. So It's going to be incredible. It's going to be an amazing time. But I promised trivia, Then I promised prizes. Mm-hmm so here we here we go we've got a
1: trivia question yeah let me pick one let me pick one this trivia question we are looking for the correct answer as opposed to the wrong answer that's right
0: and this is going to be different than whenever you're in in the auditorium because you you have Mm -hmm. all the time in the world all the resources in the world yes but the first person to private message to what dm to what to carpe diem no this it's not carpe diem in this context
1: it's always carpe diem oh my gosh
0: <laughs> okay the first person to answer this question carpe diem by DMing us carpe will win 15 dollars in marcus Werenberg gift cards beautiful all right ready 15, $15. i mean they will be dollar. they will be three five dollar gift cards so
1: mm-hmm There's a total of 15,
0: (laughs) but we'll mail it to you if we need to, or if we'll see you Thursday, we'll give it to you then. How about that? Here's the question. Who says the very first line in star Wars, a new hope that's episode four or just star Wars. If you're one of the traditionalists, who says the very first line. (laughs) That's right. And the clock is starting. As soon as this episode goes live, you will be up against everybody. Please stop. Okay. (laughs) Sorry, I was like, I couldn't hear myself, and I was like, stop it. Um, anyway, you it, it's its a race against everybody else. It's one of those things. You have That's no right. idea. It's like whenever, um, it's one of those, like, prisoners dilemmas where you're in the room. And, oh, my gosh, yes. You know, you have, game you have theory, no man. idea. It's game theory, exactly. Yes. He, you're just against the other people, and you don't know if anybody's already answered. It's a whole thing. So the pressure is on. Oh, wow. I'll repeat the question. Who says the very first line in A New Hope? Good luck. And DM us whenever you have the answer. Carpe. All right. As always, um, special thanks to Ryan Spriggs who helps us produce this podcast. And of course, a special thanks to Ryan Spriggs and Brandon Aristed for our awesome, awesome theme music. We will see you guys next week unless we see you this Thursday for (laughs) for Star Wars. So uh, may the force be with you. Okay, now we're recording again. Let us see what happens. I can see what's happening. What? And they don't have a clue. Ooh. They'll fall in love and here's the bottom line. Our trio's down to two. Oh. This sweet caress of twilight. There's magic everywhere. Mm. And with all this romantic Atmosphere. Oh, i was to Disasters <laughs> in the air. Now that.